Welcome to Bandcamp. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Dan. And this is the podcast where we read banned books and try to figure out why in the heck they were banned in the first place. And this season, we are reading Ray Bradbury's classic Fahrenheit 451. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. Happy to have you here. The entire episode you are about to hear is technically a spoiler because we are reading the book for the first time. Neither of us have read the book. So literally every word out of Jennifer's mouth will be a spoiler to you. So if that is cool with you, keep listening. If not, if you want to catch up, jump over to episode one of season two and catch up that way. Awesome. Do you mind giving us a quick recap of where we left off? The the entire episode, basically Montague on the run. So he is now, as we found out literally just in the first few minutes, a wanted fugitive. Everyone knows it's him. Word spreads fast when you kill uh, some firefighters and a Terminator dog. And so he is literally on the run. He feels alone. He had no clue where to go. He still doesn't. Well, with that being said, let's begin. The house was silent. Montag approached from the rear, creeping through a thick night moisture scent of daffodils and roses and wet grass. He touched the screen door and back, found it open, slipped in, moved across the porch, listening. Mrs. Black, are you asleep in there, he thought. This isn't good, but your husband did it to others and never asked and never wondered and never worried. And now since you're a fireman's wife, It's your house and your turn for all the houses your husband burned and the people he hurt without thinking. Is he he breaking in and he's going to kill? Is he going to attack some? I don't know. That's what it sounds like. He's like, it's your turn. I don't like that. Jeez. The house did not reply. He hid the books in the kitchen and moved. Oh, he's hiding books. That's why he went back to pick up the books. Ah. He's going to go to Black's and Sedonman's house and Beatty's house. Oh, so then he could say, well, they were like crazy book people. I'm the hero. Yeah. Go check their houses. I know. And I would run over to the firehouse and I'd put a uh, book. I I hope he stole one of the fires. I hope he stole the book Benji. And he put sad (laughs) under the Terminator dog's pillow. (laughs) Then they're all caught. (laughs) He hid the books in the kitchen and moved from the house again to the alley and looked back and the house was still dark and quiet, sleeping. On his way across town, with the helicopters fluttering like torn bits of paper in the sky, he phoned the alarm at a lonely phone booth outside a store that was closed for the night. Then he stood in the cold night air, waiting, and at a distance he heard the fire sirens start up and run, and the salamanders coming, coming to burn Mr. Black's house while he was away at work, to make his wife stand shivering in the morning air while the roof let go and dropped in on the fire. But now she was still asleep. Good night, Mrs. Black, he thought. Jesus, it sounds so diabolical. It's a smart plan. It's better than our ideas, what we, what our plans would have been. I know. Complete dum-dums. I assume a new life as a gas station attendant. And I'm sitting on a street corner as a panhandler just waiting for something to happen. <laughs> That's us in the future. Dumb as ever. Faber, another rap, a whisper, and a long waiting. Then, after a minute, a small light flickered inside Faber's small house. After another pause, the back door opened. They stood looking at each other in the half-light, Faber and Montag, as if each did not believe in the other's existence. 
Then Favor moved and put out his hand and grabbed Montag and moved him in and sat him down and went back and stood in the door, listening. The sirens were wailing off in the morning distance. He came in and shut the door. Montag said, I've been a fool all down the line. I can't stay long. I'm on my way God knows where. At least you were a fool about the right things, said Faber. I thought you were dead. The audio capsule I gave you. Burnt. I heard the captain talking to you and suddenly there was nothing. I almost came out looking for you. The captain's dead. He found the audio capsule. He heard your voice. He was going to trace it. I killed him with the flamethrower. Faber sat down and did not speak for a time. My God, how did this happen? said Montag. It was only the other night everything was fine, and the next morning I know I'm drowning. How many times can a man go down and still be alive? I can't breathe. There's Beatty dead, and he was my friend once, and there's Millie gone. I thought she was my wife, but now I don't know. And the house all burnt, and my job gone, and myself on the run, and I planted a book in a fireman's house on the way. Good Christ, the things I've done in a single week. Two of the things you've done in an hour. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you did what you had to do. It was coming on for a long time. Yes, I believe that. If there's nothing else, I believe. It saved itself up to happen. I could feel it for a long time. I was saving something up. I went around doing one thing and feeling another. God, it was all there. It's a wonder it didn't show up on me, like fat. And now here I am, messing up your life too. They might follow me here. I feel alive for the first time in years, said Faber. I feel I'm doing what I should have done a lifetime ago. For a little while, I'm not afraid. Maybe it's because I'm doing the right thing at last. Maybe it's because I've done a rash thing and don't want to look the coward to you. I suppose I'll have to do even more violent things, exposing myself so I won't fall down on the job and turn scared again. What are your plans? To keep running. You know the war's on. I heard. God, isn't it funny, said the old man. It seems so remote because we have our own troubles. I haven't had time to think. Montag drew out a hundred dollars. I want this to stay with you. Use it any way that'll help when I'm gone. But I might be dead by noon. Use this. Faber nodded. You'd better head for the river if you can. Follow along it, and if you can hit the old railroad lines going out into the country, follow them. Even though practically everything's airborne these days and most of the tracks are abandoned, the rails are still there, resting. I've heard there are still hobo camps. Oh, hobos are still around in the future. Happy to see hobo is still a word. I've heard there are still hobo camps all across the country, here and there. Walking camps, they call them. And if you keep walking for... Hey, it's your idea. He's going to become yes. a hobo. Hey there. Absolutely. He's going to ride the rails. I've heard there are still hobo camps all across the country, here and there. Walking camps, they call them. And if you keep walking far enough and keep an eye peeled, they say there's lots of old Harvard degrees on the tracks between here and Los Angeles. Most of them are wanted and hunted in the cities. They survive, I guess. There aren't many of them, and I guess the governments never considered them a great enough danger to go in and track them down. You might hole up with them for a time and get in touch with me in St. Louis. I'm leaving on the 5 a.m. bus this morning to see a retired printer there. I'm getting out in the open myself at last. 
This money will be put to good use. Thanks and God bless you. Do you want to sleep a few minutes? <laughs> That'd be Listen, nice. <laughs> me, me casa, your casa. Let me time my, my stopwatch right now. Why don't you catch some shut eye for three minutes? <laughs> I'd better run. Let's check. Check what? He took Montag quickly into the bedroom and lifted a picture frame aside, revealing a television screen the size of a postal card. I've always wanted something very small, something I could walk to, something I could blot out with the palm of my hand, if necessary, nothing that could shout me down, nothing monstrous big. So you see, he snapped it on. Montag, the TV set said and lit up. M-O-N-T-A-G. Oh, what is this device now? The name was spelled out by a voice. Guy Montag, still running. Police helicopters are up. A new mechanical hound has been brought from another district. Oh, so it's literally like a palm TV. Like he can hold it in the palm of his hand like an iPhone. You know what it is? It's a police scanner. It's a. It's like a police scanner, yes. Ray Bradbury, author and future teller. Montag and Faber looked at each other. Mechanical hound never fails. Never since his first use in tracking quarry has this incredible invention made a mistake. Brother, I got news for you. I didn't even tell you the best part. So there I am, right? I'm getting attacked. All of a sudden, this monster mechanical hound comes and everyone. Beatty's like, Montag, now you're going to die. No one has ever beat the mechanical hound. And Black he said the same thing. You can't win, guy. You'd have to be the smartest, most strongest guy in the world. Stoneman, same thing. And I'm not going to lie. I was scared. But I looked it in the eye and I said, time for you to fetch your destruction. Boom. And then I killed him. Dead, dead, dead. Faber, you should have seen it. Okay. This is unbelievable. I get no respect from you whenever I pull out the acting chops. I let you finish. I let you finish the, the whole thing this time. Well, what are you going to do? Leave? I always interrupted you because you leave a long pause. I know. Yeah, it's called drama. Tonight, this network is proud to have the opportunity to follow the hound by camera helicopter as it starts on its way to the target. This is almost like that. I never seen it, but that it it's it seems like it would be that movie, The Purge. Like a bunch what? of people are gonna watch the mechanical hound. I never watch that movie either. I, is this what happens in the movie? Like it's televised and people get hunted. Well, you know, last episode you really talked a lot about how just this whole society is just reality TV based. And yeah, this is this would be, you know, if everyone got so worked up with the OJ Simpson slow slow speed chase can you imagine yeah. this on tv wow people would be tuning in for sure faber poured two glasses of whiskey we'll need these they drank this is coming from the tv snout so sensitive the mechanical hound can remember and identify ten thousand odor indexes on ten thousand men without resetting well that sounds like a normal dog can't they like don't they have like a ten thousand odor index capacity i don't know where you got that number <laughs> <laughs> i got it from the book i'm sure dogs can no, sniff <laughs> but i mean in i know where the mechanical hound has it i don't know where you got the ten thousand for like my little dog taco because everything i thought was smell with dogs like isn't like their entire world through the sense of smell so ten thousand that's like ten thousand words between oh, you and me all right all right mm -hmm. 
Faber trembled the least bit and looked about at his house, at the walls, the door, the doorknob, and the chair where Montag now sat. Montag saw the look. They both looked quickly about the house, and Montag felt his nostrils dilate, ooh, just like a hound would. And he knew that he was trying to track himself and his nose. What is going on here? He's trying to smell himself with his nose? He's trying to track himself? What is going on? Is he turning into part dog? Well, then they got to get out of there. They're screwed. Yeah, because if Montag can smell them with his nostrils. He might be turning into a dog. You don't know. Neither of us have read the book before. That's how it ends. <laughs> He turns into a dog. That's why it was banned. What a stupid book. I know, like the pronouns, and now you can just be a cat if you want. There, I heard they're installing litter boxes in schools. It is really a slippery slope. Oh, my God. They both looked quickly about the house, and Montag felt his nostrils dilate. And he knew that he was trying to track himself and his nose was suddenly good enough to sense the path he had made in the air of the room. And the sweat of his hand hung from the doorknob, invisible but as numerous as the jewels of a small chandelier. He was everywhere, in and on and about everything. Well, he just needs some axe. Huh. <laughs> axe make it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm if, sure. if axe makes it 500 years and this is the future of of true hell. Reality <laughs> TV and everyone doused in acts. <laughs> Invisible but as numerous as the jewels of a small chandelier. He was everywhere, in and on and about everything. He was a luminous cloud, a ghost that made breathing once more possible. He saw Faber stop up his own breath for fear of drawing that ghost into his own body, perhaps being contaminated with the phantom exhalations and odors of a running man. The mechanical hound is now landing by helicopter at the site of the burning. And there on the small screen was the burnt house and the crowd and something with a sheet over it. And out of the sky, fluttering, came the helicopter like a grotesque flower. So they must have their game out, thought Montag. The circus must go on, even with war beginning within the hour. He watched the scene, fascinated, not wanting to move. It seemed so remote and no part of him. It was a play apart and separate, wondrous to watch, not without its strange pleasure. That's all for me, you thought, and that's all taking place just for me, by God. If he wished he could linger here in comfort and follow the entire hunt on through its swift phases, down alleys, across streets, over empty running avenues, across lots and playgrounds, with pauses here or there for the necessary commercials, up other alleys to the burning house of Mr. and Mrs. Black, and so on finally to this house with Faber and himself seated, drinking while the electric hound snuffed down the last trail, silent as a drift of death itself, skidding to a halt outside that window there. Then, if he wished, Montag might rise, walk to the window, keep one eye on the TV screen, open the window, lean out, look back, and see himself dramatized, described, made over, standing there, Limed in the bright small television screen from the outside. A drama to be watched objectively, knowing that in other parlors he was large as life, in full color, dimensionally perfect. And if he kept his eye peeled quickly, he would see himself, an instant before oblivion, being punctured for the benefit of how many civilian parlor sitters who had been wakened from sleep a few minutes ago by the frantic sirening of their living room walls to come watch the big game, the hunt. The one-man carnival. I wouldn't want to see somebody be killed. 
Would he have time for his speech? As the hound seized him, in view of 10 or 20 or 30 million people, mightn't he sum up his entire life in the last week in one single phrase or a word that would stay with them long after the hound had turned, clenching him in its metal plier jaws, and trotted off in darkness while the camera remained stationary? Montague, if you are thinking of this right now, just let me help you. You need to put a stop to this. You do not have enough gas in the mental tank to try to be thinking of Mm -hmm. your final few words and just in case you're on TV. You need to get it together. Get the hell out of Dodge. I think the whiskey made him unfocused. Yes. I think that was a bad idea. I would grab that whiskey and I'd hit the road. I'd hit those tracks and I'd find a hobo and I'd say, I got some whiskey for you. I need you to watch over me while I sleep. Oh, yeah. Yes. What could he say in a single word? A few words that would sear all their faces and wake them up. Oh, I see. He's doing it to like try and get to them. But I don't think there's anything Books he could say. Books are good. What are you going to say? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, maybe that thing that they said when they were burning those people in ancient England or me- medieval England or whatever. Play the... Play the... Play the trumpet. No, no. Play the man. Play the man. Play the, pay the man. Pay the man? Play the man, Mildred. What is it? No, pay, play the man, play Mr. Riley. Oh, God. You see, it didn't even affect us, and that was only like 20 pages ago or something. <laughs> Montague, are you seeing what's <laughs> happening here? You understand? Run away. There, whispered Faber, out of a helicopter glided something that was not machine, not animal, not dead, not alive, glowing with a pale green luminosity. It stood near the smoking remains of Montag's house, and the men brought its discarded flamethrower to it and put it down under the muzzle of the hound. There was a whirring, clicking, humming. Montag shook his head and got up and drank the rest of his drink. No, don't do that. <laughs> Good job. And then proceeded to lay down as the mechanical hound tore him limb from limb. It's time. I'm sorry about this. About what? Me? My house? I deserve everything. Run, for God's sake. Perhaps I can delay them here. Wait, there's no use you being discovered. When I leave, burn the spread of this bed that I touched. Burn the chair in the living room, in your wall incinerator. Wipe down the furniture with alcohol. Wipe the doorknobs. Burn the throw rug in the parlor. Turn the air conditioning on full in all the rooms and spray with moth spray if you have it. Then turn on your lawn sprinklers as high as they'll go and hose off the sidewalks. With any luck at all, we can kill the trail in here anyway. Faber shook his hand. I'll tend to it. Good luck. If we're both in good health next week, the week after, get in touch. General Delivery St. Louis. I'm sorry there's no way I can go with you this time by earphone. That was good for both of us, but my equipment was limited. You only made one? I thought he had this master plan of multiple drones and he's the queen bee. That's what I thought. I thought he'd probably been working on this for years, just waiting. What are you doing all day, Faber? But my equipment was limited. You see, I never thought I would use it. What a silly old man. No thought there. Stupid, stupid. So I haven't got another green bullet, the right kind, to put in your head. Go now. One last thing. Quick. A suitcase. Get it. Fill it with your dirtiest clothes. An old suit. The dirtier, the better. A shirt. Some old sneakers and socks. Faber was gone and back in a minute. They sealed the cardboard valets with 
flared tape. To keep the ancient odor of Mr. Faber in, of course, said Faber, sweating at the job. Okay, I don't get that. Why do they need a suitcase full of Faber's stinky clothes? Why do you want to keep that smell alive? And it's Montag's idea to get it? I I don't know who's talking. Okay, anyways, moving on. Montag doused the exterior of the valets with whiskey. I don't want the hound picking up two odors at once. May I take this whiskey? I'll need it later. Christ, I hope this works. I'd, I'd need it later, too. They shook hands again and going out the door glanced at the TV. The hound was on its way, followed by hovering helicopter cameras, silently sniffing the great night wind. It was running down the first alley. Goodbye, and Montag was out the back door lightly, running with the half-empty valets. Behind him, he heard the lawn sprinkling system jump up, filling the dark air with rain that fell gently and then with a steady pour all about, washing on the sidewalks and draining into the alley. He carried a few drops of this rain with him on his face. He thought he heard the old man call goodbye, but he wasn't certain. He ran very fast away from the house, down toward the river. End of passage. I love it. This is, now this is picking up. I love everything about this, Jen. I love the railroad tracks. I think that's a new, brand new adventure. I like finally having an idea where this is taking place in these United States. Where do you think gonna, it's taking place? Well, I don't know where it's taking place, but we know they're going to St. Louis, maybe. I don't know if they'll end up there. Meet me in St. Louis. No? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. But does you know what? I've always loved this kind of story. Walking on the railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's really fun. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't end with like a total dud ending. Like, I hope it's exciting and it's not like he turns into a dog at the end. (laughs) What if instead of turning into a dog, he just talks for like an hour and a half listing things like Bradbury is so good at? (laughs) Just numbers, (laughs) counting. He ends up, this is how it ends. He ends up on top of the St. Louis Arch going, seven, 18, 19, eggs. Bullets, happiness, <laughs> four, seven. And then the dog just goes up there, bites him, the end. Yeah. It's time for PPP, problematic points to ponder. What, if anything, would be considered banworthy in this chapter? Again, there's nothing ever in here. I think it's it's just the way it's going to be for this book, other than the foul language and the brief talk about abortion, maybe. I can't think of a reason why this book would be banned. But yeah, in this specific last episode, absolutely nothing. Yeah. This is just like any other cool adventure story. Mm -hmm. You know, I keep thinking of like how in Orange County, how they banned it because of the vulgarity. And I know in this episode, you said, good Christ or Christ, Christ, y'all. What did you say? It had, it had a Christ in there. I don't remember. Yeah. We are so close to the end of the book. For them to have banned it because of profanity or vulgarity, extreme vulgarity, they said, there was a good Christ, y'all, and a couple Jesus gods, which you can hear no less than seven times if you visit Jennifer for a half an hour. (laughs) That cannot be a reason for the snowflakes to get all bent out of shape. Well, I mean, maybe it was in the 80s. We got to start reading some currently banned books. Ooh, this, this season's coming to an end fast. I know. 
we got to pick our next book and it's hopefully going to be a more current one, but we're having a hard time. If anyone has suggestions, send them in because I think we're down to, we're on page 130 and it only goes, we have like 20, 24 pages left. You need to slow down your reading. Who are you trying to impress, Jennifer? That guy from the 70s who did the FedEx commercials? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, let me pull it up right here. <laughs> Aren't you glad there's one company that can keep up with it all? You got a deal, got a deal, got a deal with Dick. Dick, what's the deal with the deal? Are we dealing? We're dealing. Dave, it's a deal with Don, Dark, Dick, Doc, it's a deal with Dave, Dick, and Dave. Don, it's a doc with Dick, Dave, and Dick. Gotta go, Dave, disconnecting. Gotta go, Dick, disconnecting. Gotta go, Dad, disconnecting. Federal Express. When it absolutely, positively has to be there overnight. Okay, let's end it. Be thinking. Remember, you have to give a good noise or a bad noise with our next chat GPT ending. So let's officially end the show. <clears throat> Thank you for listening, everybody. We had a fun time putting this entertainment program on for you. Please like and share. And always remember, are you ready? Are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, my ears are open. I'm listening. And like we always say, unbanning minds one episode at a time. Unbanning minds?